Fallen Throne, Chapter 16 It was after midnight when Mao and Jenner left the watch building in the hive. Things did not go as well as he had planned. They wanted to know his name this time. The watch demanded a name and a place of residence in case of further questioning. He learned that the building he had been in at the jail had been burned to the ground, as well as the block it had been part of. No one was saying it was him, at least. They had no eyewitnesses that could attest to it. But considering the fire he had just walked out of, they wanted to be able to find him if needed. Mao was let loose with little questioning, also giving her name and place of residence, which she said was the same as Jenner's, as she was his great-aunt on his father's side of the family. At least that's what the report said. The man questioning her had suffered through the accent as best he could, but the notes he had were so full of scratches, corrections, and clarifications that it was very tough to read. When asked about the two men who had run back into the building, they said they'd never seen them before, and must have come in later, or maybe already been there. They were worried the lady who owned the inn would contradict them, but from what they gathered from the men who questioned them, the lady was keeping tight-lipped. She was only there a couple hours before someone came for her, and she was released. Jenner asked a watchman what was going on when he saw the lady being escorted out. He laughed in the guard's face when he said something about a legitimate orphanage for children. The guard avoided Jenner's eyes, telling him he uh, needed to mind his own business. In the end... They were both released, with a warning that they should worry about themselves and leave stuff like this to the watch. Well, uh, need me to walk you back to my place? Jenner asked Mal once they were on their way. Uh, oh, ooh, she said, looking at him. Uh, pardon, Jenner said, looking surprised. Uh, Ed, uh, uh, ooh, she accentuated. That's what I thought you said, Jenner sighed. Mal smiled and took Jenner's arm. That was some show back at the bar there. I thought fire was what you worked with. Eh, she said, raising an eyebrow. Don't you, Majir, usually like focus on something like, you know, ice, fire, lightning, that sort of thing? Jenner asked. Meh. Mal said, spitting on the ground. Jenner chuckled. Fair enough, he said, continuing to guide her. When they made it to the house, he was surprised and a little alarmed to see the lights on through the windows. You're finally back, he heard Erica say as he and Mal walked into the house. Yes, and I brought a friend, Jenner said as he helped Mal inside. Mao, Erica said, giving the woman a hug. Eh, eh, uh, Mao said, returning the affection. And where's Christian at? Jenner asked, not seeing him in the kitchen or anywhere else. Oh, he's already asleep, Erica said, after she stopped hugging Mao. He said I shouldn't worry, but I, I just couldn't sleep. Late night snack? Jenner asked, spying another orange sitting on the kitchen table. Uh, sure, 
she said, pointing at Mao with a questioning look. Jenner smiled and nodded his head. Well, you can go to bed now, Jenner yawned, feeling sleepy himself. But what happened today? Erica asked. We'll save that story for the morning, Jenner said. You should get some sleep too, Mao. It's rather late. There's a spare bedroom upstairs. Erica can show you to it. Erica moved to take Mal's hand to show her the way, but she raised her hand, motioning Erica to wait. I'll, she said. Can't it wait till morning? Jenner asked. Honestly, I'd like Christian to be present, as he has a better grasp of your accent than I do. She reiterated. Erica looked at Jenner, who shrugged his shoulders, then nodded. I'll wait at the, stop, the top of the steps till you're ready, Erica said, bounding upstairs. Well, Jenner asked. If, if, Mal asked. I beg your pardon? Mal shook her head, looking around, then looked up, pointing with her finger. She then held a hand cupped to her ear. Oh, in private, certainly, Jenner said, taking Mal's hand and leading her to his room, where he shut the door and then offered her a seat on a chair in the corner. So what's so important that it couldn't wait for morning? Jenner asked, pulling his shirt off and discarding it, finding a clean garment to sleep in. Well, your actions you have performed in my presence lead me to believe you have the detective and reasoning skills that border on the imbecilic. Now wait just a minute, I... Wait, what? Jenner asked, befuddled. Are you going to tell me you didn't understand what I just said? Mal said, smiling. Is this some spell? Jenner asked. Jenna, dear... I can no more toss magic around than you can. What happened to your accent? It's as practiced as my magical art. I think I best sit down. Wait, are, are you actually blind? Jenner asked. Well, I can't see, if that's what you mean, but I'm far from blind. Uh, fair, fair enough, Jenner said, foregoing the shirt and just taking a seat on the bed regarding the peculiar woman. Uh, please proceed. Are you sure I would hate to be cutting into your beauty sleep? Mal, you have my undivided attention, Jenner said, laying back and turning his gaze to her. Excellent. That's the way I prefer it. So, where to start? I usually suggest the beginning, skipping to the good parts, and then glossing over the unimportant details. Very well. I was raised by my father, an Arcturan who made fireworks for most of his life. My mother was Lenise, but she died shortly after I was born. Mal paused for a moment. What do you know of science, Jenner? Uh, it's magic for the common man. It's uh, how things like gunpowder and steam powder were created, Jenner said. Well, that is the most archaic of definitions, but it's a start. You also know that it's extremely illegal and punishable by death to be caught practicing it. Jenner nodded. 
My father made simple inventions, mostly fireworks, but a few steam-powered devices. He sold them on the black market, mainly working through contacts he'd cultivated in Arcturus. When the local magistrates found out, he seized my parents' lands and executed my mother. My father and I were out of town on a business venture. I was two at the time. We moved across the continent to one of the islands off the west coast of Oran. Oran embraces sciences. They employ great hulking machines for transporting cargo as well as for patrolling some of the more wild tracts of land bordering the countryside. Uh, yes, as I recall, it's one of the main points of contention between Oran and its neighboring countries, Jenner offered. My father raised me there for twelve years in relative peace. He taught me everything he knew, but my aptitude for the scientific arts was unparalleled. I was tinkering with small devices before I could walk, and had my own steam-powered machine by the time I was six. My father wanted me to stay with him, but the idea annoyed me. Not to stay with my father, but to limit myself to so small an area, when there was an entire world to explore. So instead of fighting him, he aided me. Orrin has some of the best measure in the world. He had a friend teach me a few tricks. Nothing real, but sleight of hand, how to present oneself. Science may be looked down upon, but magic was an everyday occurrence. He taught me my mother's tongue, said that speaking it would only add to the mystique, as Milan is known for the land of ancient magic. He said in a dangerous world, these resources would help protect me more than science would. When did you lose your sight, if I may ask? Jenner said. Illness when I was on the run with my father. We never had much money, and he feared taking me to a majeure physician while we were still on the run. And by the time he found someone in Oran, it was too late. They said it was irreversible. I'm sorry. What do you have to be sorry for? It's been over fifty years. You weren't even born when it happened. Mal seemed to think for a moment, then spoke in a more inquisitive tone. Do you mind if I ask you a question? She said. By all means. What about Roland Cross do you not like? She said with a smirk. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin, Jenner said caught off guard. Do not worry, Jenner. I just think he would be a most beneficial ally. Look at me. I no more believe that there's some divine being ruling over our lives than I believe that being born with some random magical talent makes us destined for greatness. In truth, I would say I share more in common with you than with Roland. Do you see in me a kindred spirit? Jenner asked. I have traveled the known world many times over, and no matter where I go, I find criminals, vagrants, and actors to be the most tolerant of the unpopular beliefs, Mal stated. Ah, good honest folk, Jenner agreed. No, folk who usually disagree with popular belief, people that are open to new ideas, and people who may have been unduly wronged by the law. Why me, then? Jenner asked. 
Not just you. Christian and Erica as well. I haven't figured out the details, but there's more to you three than a talent troupe. Your foray into the less-than-hospitable parts of Tier Six made that implicitly transparent. I've spent all my days since I left Oren trying to help those in need. You fight against something, but you don't even know what that something is. Eh, you have us there, Jenner said. And you think fumbling your way through Bothwell like a late-night drunkard is going to help you solve this problem? Mal asked. Um, would you believe if I said I got the feeling that I'm in over my head? Jenner said after a moment of thought. I would think you a fool if you did not, Mal returned. Would uh, you indulge me and bring me up to speed on what exactly your intentions are here in the city? Jenner nodded and told Mal what had happened starting with his chance meeting with Christian in the alley behind the rat, the kidnapping, the fire, and the deaths. He mentioned the assassin and the trip here. He finished with the trip to jail and segued into their meeting up in the hive. Uh, I guess I owe you a slight apology. Your actions up to this point in time have not been as completely erratic as you led me to believe. What do you suggest we do now if I may ask your counsel, Jenner said. Well, if whoever started this whole mess has an ounce of brain power, which, judging from what you've said, they do, I don't think you have to do anything. You think they're going to come for us at this point, don't you? Jenner said. I do. You've tipped your hand quite a bit, and the enemy knows exactly what you're holding. Do you think we should relocate? I see two options at this point. If you are indeed dealing with the same person who's been after you three since Calment, we know they have no fear of a show of force. And seeing as they haven't burned the house down yet, I'd say they're more interested in watching you. If you wait here, they may try to take care of things quietly. Maybe a person contacts you who has information on what you're looking for. In that event... You just wait to be contacted. Or, Jenner asked, Or you continue on the path you've been going, burning down these slaver organizations and bringing their ire to you that much faster. Now, the ire you've drawn to yourself may not even be that of the person who originally came after you at this point. That thought had crossed my mind, Jenner said. If it were me... I would wait. You'll waste less resources, and you'd get to see them coming. Jenner rose from his bed and walked around, arms crossed, thinking. So how do I know you're not the rogue agent come to set me up? Jenner asked. Eh, an excellent query, but I would say the best bit of evidence is that I needed to dispatch you and your companions. I could have done it as your guest at Helen's Hold. Well, Mal, then let me be the first to formally welcome you into our little group. And might I add, I much prefer the company of the authentic Mal to the backwater weaver of spells. You and me both. You and me both. <sighs> I haven't been called a boy since I talked to my mother last, Jenner laughed. 
Well, then, Jenner, I must be off to bed. We can talk more in the morning. But wait, I want to know how you did all those spells in Helen's Hold and that trick with the men at the hive earlier. We can save it for the morning. Don't forget, Erica is probably still waiting for me at the top of the steps. Oh, good point, Jenner said, getting up and opening the door. He moved over to Mao and helped her to her feet. Are you going to tell Erica tonight? Jenner asked as he led her down the hall towards the steps. It is in the morning, Mao said with a wink and a smile. They shared a chuckle as they reached the steps. Erica was still at the top, but she had dozed off. She snored, and Mal woke her when she reached the top. Oh, sorry, Erica said when she realized what had happened. Oh, Mal said, patting her head. Erica got up and led Mal to her room, then joined Christian in theirs, and they all went to sleep. In the morning, during breakfast, Mao revealed her secret to Christian and Erica. Erica seemed as befuddled as Jenner had, but Christian took it in stride. They had a few questions, most of which she repeated from the last night. Erica asked a few more details about places she had been and things she had seen, and Mal answered as best she could, reminding Erica that she had seen very little but she described experiences as best she could. So, if you are not a Majir, how did you do those things that Havilland and Jenner told me about at the Battle at the Hold? Christian asked. Hurling fire is easy, if you know how to make it, she said, producing three small spherical objects and setting them down. They appeared to be packed earth. Erica grabbed one and held it to her ear, shaking it. I wouldn't do that, Mao warned. The chemicals in there ignite when exposed to air. But how did you ever get them in there in the first place? Christian asked, perplexed. Air doesn't ignite them unless the chemicals mix, and that doesn't happen until I put them in the balls. A little flame rises when they first meet inside but the air burns up and it even works to strengthen the inside a little. Then you coat it in black powder and another layer of mud and oil. Let it set a few days, and then instant fire. But you did more than that from what they said, Christian asked further. Maybe this will help, Mal said, taking a hold of her robe and pulling it up over her head. Underneath the garment... Mal had a series of tubes and belts and pulleys all over a light gray tunic and pants. She also had some objects strapped to her back. She undid some of the belts and knots, then lowered the case on her back. I thought you looked kind of big for as spindly as your arms and legs are, Jenner commented. Well, one thing I'll give magic, it's definitely easier to carry around with you. Mal said as she laid her pack on the table and proceeded to unsnap and lift part of it up, revealing two metal spindles that had copper wiring wrapped tightly around each one. Wires ran back and forth between the two spindles, and a small lever jutted out from the bottom of one of them. What's that? Erica asked, 
Patience, dear, patience, Mal said, taking hold of the lever and turning it in circles like a winch. After a few revolutions, blue bolts bounced along the copper wire spools. Then she turned over the palm of one hand and revealed a little metal hook that was wrapped in some sort of dull black substance. It was secured with fine rope to her arm and hid in her sleeve. Mal moved her hands together and pressed a part of the little metal rod with her other hand. They saw the tip of the metal glow blue before shooting out a little bolt of lightning. It dispersed into the air a few feet from the tip. Doesn't do much good if you don't have a pair of these, Mal said, showing her shoes, which were thick, heavy boots that seemed to be made of the same substance that was holding the metal rod to her wrist. And as for the other trick, she said, she turned her arm so that both were palm up. She used her pinky finger to point to two tubes, one on the inside of each wrist. These spray out lamp oil. I just carry a torch or strike a match before, and the oil does the rest. That is really incredible, Christian said, his voice full of wonder. The hardest part was coming up with a way so that I could replicate common enough spells. I can make devices that do dozens of things, but people get curious when they see you doing something they haven't seen before. But everyone thinks a Majir can throw around lightning and fire. Will you teach me how to make that stuff? Christian asked. If you want, but you know it's illegal, don't you? Mal said. Christian looked torn. His lifetime as part of the watch warmed him not to but another part of his brain told him that ignoring something like this did, did not make any sense at all. Erica appeared to, started to say something, but then appeared thoughtful. Well, with everything we know now, what's the next step? Christian asked. Well, after talking it over with Mal last night, we are going to do nothing. At least for the next few days, Jenner said. Nothing? Christian said, sounding disappointed. Not completely nothing. I mean, you're free to continue checking out areas and doing a little scouting around. But I am going to refrain from getting into any more trouble for the time being. Mal thinks that at this point, trouble might come looking for us. Shouldn't we prepare the house then? Erica said. Mal and I can handle that, Jenner replied, looking to Mal. She feels that the people after us have never been shy about violence in the past, and we haven't had our house smashed in yet. She thinks they might try a different approach. Like what? Erica asked. I'm uh, curious to find that out myself, Jenner joked. That's not what I meant, and you know it. We should be careful, we should be calculating, and we should coordinate our efforts. Mal turned her gaze to Jenner. I cannot fathom the train of thought that came up with the idea that it would be okay for you two to go off on your own, and I'm amazed you're still among us. From here on out, you should go out with one of the two of us, either publicly or one of us shadowing you two. And by one of you, you mean to say Jenner? Christian asked. 
I won't argue that he'd have an easier time of it, Mal said. I'm quite capable, but that task would be a bit of trouble even for me. Again, I'd be surprised if whoever is looking for you doesn't know where you are at this point. So sticking together is your best defense. You make it sound so hopeless, Erica sighed. I should be making it sound like there is hope. You were in trouble before, you just didn't realize it. For today, I think it would be best if Jenner and Erica go out and do something. See a play, go shopping, whatever. I want Christian to help me with some things around the house. Preparations, just in case. Is that acceptable to everyone? Eh, well, a friend of mine wanted me to come and check out one of his new plays. And you can try out one of those nice dresses I bought you, Jenner said, looking to Erica, who nodded in agreement. Nothing fancy. Just have fun, but keep your guard up, Mal said. Come, Christian, we have much to prepare. Christian got up and followed Mal. Jenner and Erica looked at one another and shrugged. Meet you out front once, you, once you've changed, Jenner said to Erica. Sure, I'll be out in a few minutes, she said, taking off up the stairs. Within the hour, Jenner and Erica were off to the commons, and Mal was teaching Christian some basic alchemical compositions for traps around the house. The next few days proceeded in much the same fashion. Jenner and Erica spent most of their time shopping and in theaters. Jenner showed her some of the nicer playhouses in the Kings and Uptown, and they bought appropriate outfits for the occasions. Erica was impressed by how much Jenner knew about fashion, and he was more than happy to teach her all that he knew. He kept his wits about him, and he never caught sight of any spies or uneasy eyes from people lurking in the shadows. Jenner even introduced Erica as Sapphire to a few friends of his mother who they ran into while at the opera house in the Kings. Erica was having a good time, much more fun than she had going on tours with Christian around the city. Why can't Christian be this outgoing, fun, and interested in things she liked, she thought. By the end of the first day, Erica decided that she had never met a man quite like Jenner before. Likewise, Christian was reveling in his time with the scientist. Mal taught Christian things he very much wanted to know about. There was no swordplay or weapons training, just formulas and instructions. He learned how to make gunpowder, alchemical fire, and to create an effect called a magnetic charge, where he could attract metal objects to one another. Mal showed him how to set multiple traps, simple traps, Things designed to trip people up or make a lot of noise. At first, Christian thought Mal's blindness would be counterproductive to teaching, but he learned she taught with her hands. She explained that although it had taken a lot of patience, it was a blessing in disguise. Few scientists could make devices and work in the dark. I can work any time, and I need neither candlelight nor sunlight to make sure I know what I'm doing. When you can tell if you've made it correctly by feel, well, you know you've got it down, Mal explained. But I can barely mix the proportions right and I'm looking right at them, Christian said one day 
as she had him mixing up a compound for some sort of caustic putty. I'm sure Jenner has told you this too, but practice changes all things, Mal said. She learned after a few hours of work that Christian embraced practice. He seemed to thrive on it, in fact. He just lacked confidence when trying new things. Christian, everything is new until you do it, Mal said. There's no penalty for failure right now, so don't worry so much. I'm not giving you anything that's going to kill us if you measure wrong. I wouldn't have the right to call myself a teacher if I did something like that. Once you get the basics down and know all the concepts, then you get to experiment. And boy, let me tell you, that is where science really takes off. By the end of the first day, they had traps all around the doors and windows of the house. The second day, Mal set some complicated traps and devices around the interior of the rooms, and Christian watched while taking notes. The two of them were in the kitchen, Mal using the power from the cooled storage unit to create a little electrical panel on the floor, Christian observing, when a knock came at the door. Christian looked to Mal. Well, answer it, she said, not looking up from her work. Oh, right, Christian said, walking over to the door. On the other side stood a man a little taller than Christian. He wore a gray cloak over brown and dark gray leather pants and vest. He had a shirt under the vest that looked expensive. His head was covered in thick black hair, which was combed down the center in a pageboy style. His face showed the slightest hint of wrinkles, and he wore spectacles that sat on his nose in front of his light brown eyes. I am looking for one, the man paused, drawing a small piece of paper from a pocket inside his cloak before continuing. For one, Jenner repulsed. Is he available? Um, he is not, Christian said. When do you expect he will be, the man said. Uh, I do not know. He keeps his own hours. If you like, you can leave a message, and I will be sure that he gets it, Christian said. See that he does. My name is Whitman Gaines, and I work with the watch in the Kings. If Mr. Repulsed could find time in his busy schedule to pay me a visit at the watchtower, I would be most gracious. The man reached into another pocket in his cloak and produced a small off-yellow envelope. Please give him this and my regards, Mr. Gaines said, extending the letter to Christian. Yes, sir, Christian said, accepting the letter and bowing. The man nodded at him and turned to leave, walking back down the steps towards the street. Christian shut the door and looked at the letter carrying it back into the kitchen and tossing it on the table. Jenner and Erica returned later that evening, after talk taking in a show in Uptown. Mal was teaching Christian some more fundamentals by the time they got in. Christian slid from his seat and gave Jenner the letter, explaining what had happened. Jenner nodded and opened, reading it over. Hmm, interesting, he said after a minute. What is it? Erica asked. It seems that after the watch in the hive learned of my name, 
they sent a word to their other stations throughout the city. And the girl I rescued who was from the Kings? Apparently her parents have friends in the Watch, and they told them who I was. Now the family wants to meet formally and help in my endeavor. Your endeavor? Christian asked. From what I'm reading, I guess they think I'm in... I'm some sort of vigilante here to rescue kidnapped children from the clutches of the underworld. Well, you are, in a way, Christian said. What do you think of this, Mal? Jenner asked. So it doesn't have anything to actually do with the watch, Mal asked. Not from what I'm reading. It sounds like the parents just used them as a liaison to contact me, Jenner said. In that case, I'd say it's worth looking into. I was curious why the Watch would be interested in your cause outside of where it would interfere with their job. But this sounds more personal, Mal explained. Sometime tomorrow, then, Jenner said. Can we come? Erica asked. We'll all go, Jenner said, but looked to Mal. It sounds good, Mal agreed. They had a late supper and then went to bed. Erica was tired from a long day, and Christian was anxious for the morning. Jenner and Mal stayed up for a bit to discuss things, Jenner telling her about his day with Erica, and Mal bringing Jenner up to speed on all the little additions, as she called them, that she and Christian had added to the house. After showing Jenner how to disarm and arm each one, they retired for the evening as well. Jenner woke to the sound of a loud knocking on the front door. He let it go for a few moments, until a man's deep voice announced, Open in the name of the king! Which got Jenner's full attention. He walked to the front door, still in his robe. He saw Eric and Christian at the top of the steps. He raised a hand to show them to wait, and answered the door. Uh, good morning, uh, am I under arrest? Jenner asked when he opened the door, recognizing Skeltis, the king's royal captain, and a half-dozen of the king's men. "'Pardon, sir?' Skeltis asked. "'Am I under arrest?' Jenner reiterated, pointing to the armed men behind him. "'Are you Jenner repulsed?' Skeltis asked, ignoring the question. "'Every day I'm on stage.' Jenner answered. Skeltis looked unhappy, so Jenner, Jenner clarified with a yes. I am Skeltis Sulk, captain of the King's Guard. His Excellency King Geddon seeks an audience with you and your companions regarding your recent accolades within the King's realms. Skeltis said, looking straight ahead, not appearing to speak to Jenner. If I am not under arrest, May I finish breakfast? Jenner asked. I have been ordered to wait here until you are ready to leave, Skeltis replied. I mean, it could be a long breakfast. Let's say we just swing by the castle on our own when we're done, Jenner said. Then we will have a long wait, said Skeltis. Very well, then. We'll be out when we're done, Jenner said. There was no response forthcoming. I'm uh, shutting the door now, Jenner continued, still no response. 
Jenner sighed and then shut the door. Jenner closed the door to turn to face Mal, who was now standing behind him. Jenner jumped, and Mal slapped him across the head. Fool, she said, turning to walk toward the kitchen. What? he said. Must you be flippant with everyone you speak to? she said. Did you see the man? Jenner said. He walked and followed Mal into the kitchen, Christian and Erica coming down the stairs. Are we really going to the castle? Erica asked, sounding excited. Well, I don't think there was an option to decline his hospitality, Mal said, reaching for a chair and sitting down. Indeed, our appointment at the king's watch will have to wait until after our appointment with the king, Jenner said. What do you suppose the king wants? Christian asked. Well, if we believe what his commander just said, it's to discuss our activities in the city, Jenner said with a hint of sarcasm. He turned to look at Mal, walking over and taking a seat next to her. So, between the king's watch and the king himself, who would you prefer as the one plotting against us? Mal asked. Can I pick neither? Jenner replied. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 a piece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.